We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here. It's Dean78904. If you want to get all technical on me, it's... It's 531 on the East Coast. My computer issues, my bad. 231 on the West Coast, 431 Tennessee time, which, of course, is the time of the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. And joining me today, three man booth. Am I hearing noises already? What's going on? Is that Grant chiming in? Uh, no, that was that was a uh, ad <laughs> from the YouTubes. <laughs> Grant, we're supposed to be professional around here. I say that as you're about to do a beer bet or a, a shotgun bet because uh, – Take the big L. Uh, Cardi, take your victory lap. I believe you poo-pooed all over Andrew Haney. And, of course, Haney's in the slate today. But uh, you're going to get sloshed. You're going to get hammered. At least uh, you're going to have one beverage. What's going on, Grant? Well, welcome to the show. Oh, I should also preface by saying that I really like the A's in that game, and they did have four barrels. Oh, how many, how many fantasy points are barrels worth? Um, when they're turned into home runs, like three of them did. A decent amount. You realize well, it's tougher, it? though, for barrels to turn into home runs when it's an elite home run suppressing park and it's great pitching weather, which was Yeah, that's why, that's why only 75% of them did instead of 100. Small All sample right. size, Cardi, should I do this for you? Small sample size? Uh, I'll throw out the small sample size. Yep, you got it. That's Derek Cardi. <laughs> you guys know him from such things as the bat and the bat X. What's going on, What's going on Cardi? I know you're going to be screen sharing, uh, screen sharing throughout the show as well, uh, showing off some of the tools there for the bats. Are we ready for round two? Round one was pretty fun. The weekend. Yeah, I thought so. Well, I you, thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, are you going to thoroughly enjoy your beverage? Are you going to nurse it? When are you going to knock out your uh, your shotgun here? I thought we were waiting until the end of the show. I don't know. What are you drinking? What, what is that? I can't see. Is that that's not an ad? Keystone, Keystone Light Raspberry Lime because it's been <laughs> sitting in my closet for several months. It is not very good. Oh, it's warm. Uh, no, my closet is surprisingly cold. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. If you're not thirsty just yet, I guess at some point throughout the show, maybe you surprise us or whatever. Uh, yeah, go ahead and knock that out. Pay after your bet. And I imagine we're going to have a, a bet throughout the show as well, too. And Oh, hey, I know we're doing a, the sharp side bets. I, unfortunately, had an issue uh, logging in, so I did not get mine uh, locked in. 
Cardi and uh, Grant, do you guys happen to have your sharp side play today? Yeah, do I say it now or later? I guess you can say it now. Sure, why not? And I assume, uh, I think Devin, our producer, our fabulous multitasking producer, he's in the YouTube as well. If you guys are on YouTube, first of all, like and subscribe. That's cool. We much appreciate that. Ask some questions. We'll do our best to knock those out uh, before the show ends as well. But uh, yeah, give us uh, your sharp side winner. And Grant, you know what? Tell the people what sharp side is if they're not aware. Uh, sharp side is, a, is basically the tinder of sports betting, not patent pended and maybe trademark infringement. <laughs> um, but you really swipe left, you swipe right, you get streaks. They have promos running all the time that's literally absolutely free. You just throw your bets in. You can see how good you are at sports betting, see how bad you are at sports betting, see how good I am if you just take my picks. Who knows? Whatever you want. But you can win free FanDuel cash. That's just free money. Don't have to do anything other than swipe left, swipe right, lock in bets, and they have a street contest going right now. The more you get in a row right with your lock bets, the more money you get. So sign up now and get on in the game. Look at that pitch. That was all in one take. Uh, who's your winner today? Give us the, we don't care about the pitch. We want your winners. Uh, I am going with Detroit Moneyline. You have to have a – I think it's, it has to be minus 140 or better. That was right on the line at minus 136. Going up against Casey, I, I'm not buying into the – giant struggles Matt Boyd had in his first start I really like Boyd today I think that he's in for a good uh bounce back and yes it's a little bit of a worry of the home run ball but I think that he's gonna have a good outing this Kansas City lineup is not great but I I, I really like Detroit today and I really really like the bats I think Duffy's gonna get destroyed we're gonna talk DFS in a second but it is interesting it's kind of a tale of two sites the way lineup construction goes down FanDuel as opposed to DK DK kind of sort of somewhat forces you to play those Royals and play the Tigers on the other side as well, too. And FanDuel, not so much. Uh, it's much easier to make the Yankees work, which, yeah, spoiler alert, if you like the Yankees, everybody else likes the Yankees as well. Cardi, who's your sharp side winner today? Uh, I took the Pittsburgh Pirates. I took an underdog um, plus 133, I think. Um, I think they're – it's – not quite a pick em, but I think it should be closer to a pick than the line indicates. They have, you know, the, uh, a good pitcher going in Musgrove, you know, not as good as Woodruff, but a good pitcher. I think the offense itself is maybe slightly underrated. And I think the Brewers offense could be good, but they just keep rolling out these really weird lineups. So if they put like all their best players in one lineup, they'd have one of the best lineups in the National League. But they roll out these lineups where Eric Sogard's leading off, where <laughs> Ben Gamble's playing, where Brock Holt's playing. And it's just like, guys, like, what are you doing? Um, especially in a 60 game season, like you got to rest these guys this much. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, so, uh, so I like the pirates today. Um, I think there's value. in them. Well, he's speaking of a 60 game season. Uh, the dude just got suspended with eight games for the Dodgers, the reliever. That's 13% of the season for giving us the greatest gift since uh, we've since the Jordan docu- documentary. I'm not sure if you guys watched the, the Dodgers Houston game last night. Why am I forgetting his name? Uh, the pitcher, the relief pitcher was making faces at uh, oh, Joe the Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly. Yeah. Suspended thir- 13% of the season. It's like over $300,000. Whatever. Sorry, I just got caught up on you. It sounded like you misspoke. I think you, you meant to say Jip. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy who invented it allegedly wants to call it a Jip. So sure. It's a, it's a Jip. What it's called. <laughs> Why not? Uh, do you want to mention this before we dig into the slate? Also, if you guys are current Rotor Riders premium, premium members, uh, you can get the specialist, specialist package uh, at it for free for at least 30 days. That's MMA, NHL, EPL, and soccer. I think there's other fringe sports as, as well. Uh, the next 30 days is free. To click the banner there, have at it. It's good times. All right. Uh, I was talking about FanDuel and DK having two different approaches. And Oh, by the way, just a different overall approach as far as a slate because we actually have starting pitchers that we like today. Right, Cardi? 
uh, and opportunity cost matters when it comes to pitchers today. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I think you're more of a DK guy as opposed to a Fandle guy. Have you broken down the Fandle lineups as opposed to DK lineups? Because as I was saying before, DK, you can get Cole and you can get a pretty strong uh, SP2 and still get good bats because it's just so egregiously priced. Some of the guys out there. Ridiculous. Like, it's just like, why is it so soft? They really need to fix it. It's just, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll talk about the pitchers in a second. How about yourself, uh, Grant? Do you have different approaches as far as the slates that based upon what we know as far as the salaries and what the sites are kind of sort of forcing us to do? I mean, I'm, I'm paying up a little bit more pitching than I wa- originally wanted to this morning. I did the expert survey and I, my plan was not to play DeGrom, Morton or Cole at all. And it's looking like I'm slowly starting to gravitate a little bit more of that just because all the lot. Yeah. Like you said, a lot of the bats that I love are way too darn cheap. So like realistically, I'm more of a fan of the mid tier, like Haney, Paddock, uh Boyd and uh Woodruff like I I think that's where the value is just not sure if you need it too much on this slate like I'm trying to figure out ownership a little bit and the way that ownership's currently panning out not nearly as much ownership on a lot of the expensive bats as I thought there would be so I I, I'm still going a lot of mid-tier pitchers but I will have a little bit more exposure to the top tier guys than I thought all right, Cardi. Uh, I'm seeing in the chat they're talking about the, the, the prospect. Uh, Alex Santi is talking about uh, Cole and DeGrom. Double barrel. I love the double barrel. And, of course, you, you have 3.3 per stick from DK. And that sounds like, oh, you can't make that work. You actually can. Oh, that's super easy to make it work. It's not hard at all. <laughs> like, uh, Cardi, is that something we're considering? Uh, myself, I haven't. I have not built that out yet, but I'll do it after the show and kind of see what it looks like because I wanted to get a couple of big boppers. Uh, what are you looking at as far as an SP1 perspective? I suppose I think it's DeGrom uh, a little bit behind Cole. There was a note that DeGrom is going to pitch between 80 and 100 pitches, which is weird. It's like, that's a weird bracket. Like, well, I kind <laughs> of figured 20, you didn't give us a 20 pitch gap. That's not helping us out much, but up to 100 is interesting. Facing a pretty, uh, you know, uh, not a very good Boston lineup these days. Cardi, what are you doing with uh, Cole and DeGrom? Uh, I think it's Cole. I think going both of them is overkill. Yeah, you can do it because DK pricing is so soft and there's plenty of values. But I think there's more value um, in not doing it because there's value at pitching too. So I think it's Cole over to Grom. He's facing the weaker offense in the Orioles. Um, the Red Sox, they've kind of been scuffling, and they're not as good as they were last year, but they're still an above-average offense. And so I think Cole is the guy I think uh, – I mean, he's probably not going to go over 100 pitches either. He'll, he'll probably settle in the mid-90s the same as DeGrom. But he's a little bit cheaper. I think he's a little bit better in this spot. The lineup that he's facing in the Orioles, we generally think of as like a high strikeout offense. The version of it we're getting today is actually not. It's actually a very low strikeout version. So I think the gap is closer than maybe some people would make it out to be. Um, I think in GPPs, like where the, the ownership gap is so much bigger, I think going with more DeGrom makes sense. But in cash games, I do think Cole, at least on draft games, is, uh, is a guy that you should probably want to have. I don't think he's 100% necessary. But uh, if you're spending up, he's definitely the guy. Grant, I know you talked about hammering the mid-tier. you got to pick one of the big spends. Is it the, the Grom or is it Cole for you? Oh, it's absolutely Cole for me. Like I, 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 I side with Cole a whole lot more than Grom. I get that this Red Sox lineup isn't nearly as good. I get the ball pa- are nearly as good as it used to be i get that the ballpark is better for Degrom than it is for cole but uh, orioles lamp isn't great like 
I, I don't know. I, I, Cole's 600 cheaper. I haven't projected for more points. Andy's cheaper. Like, it's, it's an easy move for me. I can't remember the pricing over on FanDuel exactly. I'm going to pull it up real quick. But I think it's Cole on both sides. Granny's mm-hmm. going to come in at higher ownership. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I still would rather have Cole on FanDuel. But I get going with DeGrom just because he's less ownership. So in tournaments, I definitely side with DeGrom. But Cole right now is my clear-cut option over on DK and pretty much all sites. Uh, Cardi, I think we're in agreement. Actually, I was messing with the bat earlier today, and I kind of sort of agree with my thought process. And you know, the Haney versus Paddock conversation as an SB two, and on Fanduel, Haney's cheap enough where you can roll with him and just have a, a blast loading up on all the bats. He's like seven and change over there. There yeah, is some concern on Fanduel. Yeah. So what do you? Well, I'm curious. What you, I know you, you play mostly on DK, but when you uh, from a lineup construction perspective, I have a really good looking lineup with Garrett Cole. Uh, there's a couple cheap bats that obviously you can't, you know, with a normal salary cap, can't get all the big spends. But Haney just opens up the world for you. I'm a little bit concerned that he might go like four and change and not get the quality start, maybe not get the win. Uh, sure, he can go five and change, probably not beyond six. Injury concerns there. He's not a guy that's going to pitch a ton. Nice matchup, obviously. Uh, talk me through that thought process as far as Haney and then bring Paddock into the conversation because that's sort of my SP2 conversation on DK, Haney versus Paddock. Yeah, so obviously I'm a, I'm a big Haney fan. I think he's a talented guy. I touted him on the show last time, and now the matchup is even better against this terrible Seattle offense that every single pitcher that's faced Seattle has been the chalk basically all season. Um, we don't know how deep he's going to go. He got pulled at like 67 pitches in his last start. It was kind of coming off the injury thing. I would think he should be able to get up into the mid-80s, and if he does that, that should be enough in this spot. Um, if you run FanDuel lineups, if you run the bat through FanDuel – Optimal lineups have Andrew Haney like four points ahead of, of Cole lineups. And so, uh, so I think Haney's your guy on, you know, on, uh, on FanDuel. And I think on DraftKings, he's a really strong consideration. There's probably, probably four guys that I'm deciding between in DraftKings cash games, and he, he's one of them for sure. Uh, for what it's worth here, I pulled up the plate IQ at RG as far as the last two seasons of that lineup for Seattle. Uh, collectively, this is the projected lineup. Collectively, striking at 23.7%, pretty decent number. We got to get the official lineup in there. And of course, there's some small. Uh, you know, there's Lewis and there only has 20 at bats. White has very few at bats as well. Uh, Grant, jump in here. Uh, you poo-pooed all over Haney. You lost your bet, and now you're back on Team Haney because matchups matter. Yes. Yeah, I be- I'm fairly certain they do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is baseball. That's 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 half our job. But like, there's more lefties in the lineup. Like, the biggest thing I worry about with Haney is righties with power going up against him because he gives up a 44% fly ball rate and a 46% hard contact rate. So bombs are generally a bad thing if the pitcher is giving him up. But going up against a Seattle team, I mean, you look at the lineup and who do you have to worry about? Seager last year had a 300 ISO versus lefties, but. That was a little bit of an aberration, not something I fully expect. Again, like Nola can hit uh, lefties pretty well, but that's one bat. Like Crawford, Gordon, they're not going to do anything. Shed Long, probably not going to do anything. White, maybe a little bit to worry. Lewis, a little bit to worry about. But there's not much. There's really not much in terms of power in this lineup here. I get that uh, Anaheim is a decent ballpark for home runs. It's just like slightly above league average, I think, but it's not something I really have to worry about. And if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure Haney came in going up against Seattle last year and had 13 strikeouts in his first outing. And I think he averaged close to 10 going up against Seattle throughout the course of last season. So we don't buy into too much BVP, but just his, and this team's very different, but 
from the small sample size we had last year, he just mowed him down. So I'm really liking it right here. I'm really liking him on this slate. Problem is ownership, and I think there is a less-owned pitcher that I would rather go with uh, for tournaments. But still, Heaney, just based on point per dollar, is probably the top, on the top play on the entire slate for pitching. Put that guy in layaway for a second. Let's tease it. Uh, Charlie Morton, uh, his velocity was down significantly his first start of the season. That could be a multitude of reasons. Could be like a slow radar going. Who really knows what it is? But in any event, he's creeping around, you know, up on 37 years old. He's not going to get pushed so much by Tampa. They play the long game. He never was a guy that would go 100, 110 pitches when he's healthy. Uh, and it's just 10-8 is an egregious price on DK. There's no chance I'm rostering him. Anybody else, feel, feel free to chime in if they like Morton. I don't. Soraka, uh, that's a no, right? Nope. Yeah, Not really. I mean, you can take the shot on tournaments, but at, realistically, like, you're just hoping on every other pitcher up near the top getting blown up, which you'd have to kind of plan that out. So I'm, I'm going to pretty much – I probably won't have a single share of Morton. There's like Slates matter. that are better than him just outright, even before you consider his high price. Correct. Uh, and, and Slates matter. Like, I would have played him yesterday because, like, there's a chance he could have separated himself from the field. Oh, yeah, yesterday. So poor. <laughs> Uh, today, I just can't. We, we can't talk. Soraka on the other side, better real-life pitcher than DFS pitcher, and I can't talk that 9.5K. So, Grant, I'm gonna, let me, let me t- talk about this one because it's interesting. DK specific as far as Boyd. Boyd has legit real upside. DK is essentially forcing us to play a bunch of Royals because the prices are just silly. Uh, is there leverage in rostering Boyd? I mean, I can't imagine. Well, I don't know what the ownership is, and uh, frankly, I've had computer computer issues and I can't get a bunch of pages up. So I only have a, I'm only working on a couple of pages. So I'm afraid to even pull it up because I might crash on the spot. Uh, what is his ownership projection? percent ownership. What is it? Camino has him at 13% ownership. And I okay. think that's high. Is there leverage on Boyd is my question. Because I think, I feel like the Royals are going to be very popular. On Do you know who my favorite pitcher on the slate is? I'm guessing it's Boyd. It is, in fact, Boyd. For that reason? Right. Upside Ks and leverage? Because Upside for KC? Yeah, upside, Ks, leverage. Like, realistically, he – so out of all the pitchers that are playing today, uh, who pitched the most? Like, who had the most pitches on opening day or second day, whatever? Uh, first start. Who had first the most – Yeah, there we go. That's words I was looking for. Uh, was, either 88 pitches. So I, I assume that's the, the – that, that's the most. That's the standard. Yeah, and he was getting blown up. Like, he threw 88 pitches, but did they really want to leave him in there? I'm not really sure. Uh, so he might've been stretched out enough to go more. Like he threw 88 pitches. I'm not going to be surprised if he goes over a hundred. I know that last year he averaged right around 97, but they, this is also a little bit different year. It's a shortened season right now. Detroit's in the playoffs. I think if it ended today, <laughs> well, everybody is the way the stupid format is. Well, it's a fun format to watch, but stupid from like a uh, rewarding the right teams, but go ahead. Yeah. But I mean, uh, Detroit, like they were absolutely horrible last year, this year, they're still pretty bad, but they're not as bad as they were last year. Like, you look at what Boyd did in his first outing, and yes, he didn't strike guys out, but that's, that, that, I think that's an aberration. He got hit a little bit. Like, it was just a weird start for him, and yes, it was against Cincinnati. It was in Cincinnati. I don't think he's going to be exactly like that again. Like, I really, really like Boyd. You look at his stats versus DeGrom stats, and the difference is hard contact and fly balls. So there's a lot of different ways that you can get a guy for 3K kip, cheaper who can go – 20 more pitches than DeGrom and he can easily end up outscoring DeGrom here. He can easily end up outscoring Cole because we don't know exactly how late Cole's going to go in the game. Hit 75 in the first outing and that was because of a rain shortened game. We don't know how much he would have been. Uh, I just want to get this clarified, Grant. Uh, is Boyd your favorite player on DK or because of the Royals thing? Are they going to be so popular or just your favorite player on the slate and that's that? 
it's my favorite player on the slate, and that's that. Okay. For GPPs, at least. Cardi, your thoughts? I like him for GPPs. I mean, he projects as as the best pitcher that is in Cole or DeGrom today in the bat, only three points behind Cole. You have the leverage with the Royals going to be so chalky. I I agree with Grant. I think Boyd is, is a good GPP play. Cardi, I love Paddock, man. Paddock versus Haney. Who do you prefer? I prefer Haney. I like Paddock, and then I like a third guy also is in my, my mix for cash games. My biggest concern with Paddock is that have you seen what's going on with Oracle Park? I can't remember if we talked about it in the last show. But in spring, they were talking about how balls were just flying out of Oracle Park because the archways in right field, normally wind flows through them. It kind of you know swirls around a little bit. It's kind of blocked the wind. It's kind of changed the way the wind is interacting with the parks. They've covered them up so that people aren't standing outside the park watching the game because we're in the middle of a pandemic and they don't want people congregating out there. So they kind of obscured the view, but they also obscured the wind, and the balls are flying. There was a great article at the, at the Athletic today, um, and uh, basically it talked about how the balls that got hit last night by Tatis and Myers um, at the particular launch angle and exit velocities that they were hit at, one of them, no balls went out of San Francisco at all last year that were hit with that exit velocity and launch angle. And the other one, only like 25% of balls go out of any major league park or something like that. Like basically wow. – the park seems like it has changed to be more hitter friendly because of this. And so, uh, but we don't know exactly how much because it's been literally one game. So that concerns me a little bit with Paddock. If this is not an extreme pitcher's park, if this is closer to a neutral park or even a hitter's park, um, I just think there's a little bit of extra uncertainty with Paddock where I would probably lean away from him in cash games. But Isn't I think, it going to be 59 degrees there? Yeah, it was 59 degrees last it's night. It's going to be chilly. Yeah, it was chilly last night too. Point uh, counterpoint, though, have you seen the Giants lineup? Is the is the alternative like it's I kind of, have? I mean, he still yeah. projects well. He projects as the bat's fifth favorite guy behind Heaney. After I've adjusted for the park a little bit, I like Pat, but I do think there's some uncertainty with with the way this park might play this year. Maybe like the San Diego side is just kind of interesting, and that same sort of thought process. And we'll talk sticks in a second, but again, yeah. I like Tatis or Machado and Fam as well. And uh, you know, Cueto is like, well, you're locked in for guaranteed nine innings. Cueto, of course, in the back end of his career. He's not a guy that's going to go particularly deep either. That bullpen's not known to be very well either. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's it's seven and a half is the total in that number. I mean, how about that as a sharp side? You like the over in that game, Cardi? Um, seven and a half. What does the yeah. bat say? Yeah, I have it projected a little over eight. So, if the line is seven and a half, then, yeah, I would take that. At least that's what it was on the RG page. Again, I'm only working with so many pages. Uh, you threw somebody out in the mid-tier. Uh, you mentioned you kind of teasers in our name. Is it Woodruff? No. Okay. Anybody have a thought on Woodruff? I think he's fine. Um, I don't love him. I think he's a little overpriced. Um, I kind of like the Pittsburgh side more. I like is it over reliable? Hold on. Wait, do you have a thought there, Grant, as far as Woodruff? I, I feel like you might get a, a take, maybe a last take ever. Well, not necessarily. Rich Hill, uh, 40 year old. He's a man. He's 40. That, that's my guy. Oh, man. Talk about the 40 year old man, Rich Hill, because is he, is, has he been scratched yet or is he officially pitching tonight, as far as we know? As far as we know, he's officially pitching. Um, I mean, yeah, he's an old man, but he's still really good. He's still got the great curveball, you know, drops it into the top of the zone, gets his called strikes, gets his strikeouts. Um, I like Rich Hill. I think he's in a good spot tonight. He should get a lot of run support up against one of the weaker pitchers on the slate. Um, you know, going to face a bunch of right-handers, eight of them, but that that curveball means he's a reverse splits guy, so that actually kind of works in his favor a little bit. Um, he's 7,200. He's good. I think the biggest concern with him is kind of the same one we have with Haney, which is that 
you know, his start got pushed back the last time a little bit because of the injuries. How deep are they going to let him go? He was worked up where he should have been able to go about 90 pitches if he went the other day. So if he goes 90 today, that's great. If he winds up at 75 or 80, not so much. Um, but uh, I think the price, you know, makes him well worth considering, even if, you know, maybe he doesn't go a full 90. If we're going to scrape the barrel, I don't mind Musgrove at 5-3 on DK as an SB2. Yeah, yeah, Grant, jump in here. You said, yeah, one more guy. Was your guy Rich Hill? Was it Musgrove? Was it uh, somebody else we haven't mentioned yet? I mean, I like – I like uh, why, why did I forget his name already? Uh, gosh. I like Woodruff. <laughs> I like Woodruff and I like Hill. But, like, if we're talking about leverage, like what's going to be one of the more chalky stacks on the slate? Well, it's going to be Musgrove with the Yankees. Like, like an SP, like one, maybe like a, a Paddock or Haney and Musgrove with Yankees. Like, that's going to be super popular. That's going to be super popular. People are also going to have a lot of Minnesota hitters. Um, Their lineup is weaker than you want it to be, for what it's worth, because they lost Garber and they lost Kepler. They're not playing today. Yeah. Throw it out there. Yeah. But what do they have a lot of in their lineup? Power. Barrels. Yep, and most of their power is from what side of the plate? Well, it's on – well, I'm trying to think which, uh, which – it's from the right side of the plate. Yeah, so Donaldson, Cruz, Sano. Those are the power guys. Ponce de Leon, a lot of strikeouts from the left side of the plate that probably shouldn't be that high, but his out pitch is a changeup, and he tends to throw a little bit out of the zone, get a little bit wild, and that's why he ends up with a whole lot more strikeouts going up against lefties as opposed to righties and he his uh, walk rate is drastically lower and his ground ball rate is drastically higher going against righties. It's strictly a GBP play. Like have we heard much on his pitch count this game? Um, I, let me look at my notes. I haven't projected in the mid eighties. There must be a reason I have him there probably, but uh, I have to look it up. Yeah. That's why I thought I was just wondering if we've heard any more. I've been focusing on sports betting stuff for the last few hours, but like, he gets ground balls to righties, and looking at this lineup now, like there's a decent amount of lefties, like Avelia, Cave, and Gonzalez there at the bottom. Like all those guys just swing. Like Ponce Leon is going to come in at one percent ownership. Twin are uh, yeah, twins are going to come in at like 20 percent ownership, paying on site mostly. Like Cruz is sitting there at just four point four k, like. Polanco's sitting there at 3.8K, Donaldson's 4.2K. Like, you can fit in a twin stack very easily, especially if you don't throw in Sano. Ponce Leon doesn't give up a lot of power to righties, and he strikes out lefties, which are one, two, three, four, five, six of them in the lineup, three of which are massively high strikeout guys, going up against guys that happen to strike out guys that have 34%, 35% clip last year. You want a GPP play. Oh, wait, Guardi, I feel like a bet's coming on. Uh, I will you're taking Ponce de Leon versus who? Putting him up against. Well, we can just do same game. Uh, Ponce de Leon versus Rich Hill. Just straight up points, or straight? I, I, you, you like drinking less than me, so I, I, I give you good odds. <laughs> like realistically, that's a minus two fifty bet. All right, I mean, I'll take it. I like Rich Hill much more than de Leon. Yeah, All right, I we got to move would. on the bat. Summarize the arms. Uh, Cole and Degrom up top. Um, I like Cole Moore. Haney's great. He'll be chalky, but he's a great cash game guy. Um, uh, Paddock and Rich Hill, I think, are also in the cash game conversation. I think Boyd is great um, for GPPs. I think Musgrove is really good for GPPs. 
granted to the same uh, for the record i'm not in on ponce de leon shocker <laughs> no no one no one is like yeah. this is straight this is it's a long shot gpp play that i could see working out very well in this in this spot here but for pitching long shot gpp play ponce de leon favorite two gpp plays boyd and um haney and then other guys that i'm considering cole uh paddock woodruff and hill all right, it's knockout catchers, and like you don't think you roster any catchers on FanDuel. Of course, Gary Sanchez over there is 2.9K, which is really cheap. Uh, for your cash games on FanDuel, uh, I'm not going to tell you what you have to do, but I'll tell you what you should do. You should have four Yankees. The Yankees are really, really cheap over there, and it's pretty silly. It's, it's hard figuring out which Yankees to roster. Now, there's a couple that are expensive, obviously, but there's some really, really cheap ones. Uh, FanDuel is specific for the Yankees. I believe it's uh, kind of swiping on through. Uh, Torres is like 3K, Hicks is like 2.5, Ford is like 2.2, Sanchez is 2.7. It's ridiculous. Get yourself some Yankees over there on Fandle in your cash games. Uh, catchers, I guess it's Perez, right? At least for cash games, Cardi, right? It has to be. I think we said it the other night, but like if you don't have Salvador Perez in your cash game lineup, just give up at DFS. At like you're just bad. You're just bad. Just stop playing. Um, Perez is, is so much the cash game guy. Um, tournaments in, in tournaments, you can fade them in tournaments. I would probably be lighter on Kansas city because they're going to be so chalky and it's not like they're in a great spot or anything. They're just so cheap. Um, and they have so much value and people are going to play them. But, uh, if you want to be lower on Kansas city and GPPs, you probably should be, but in cash games, it, it's Saudi for sure. But there's a person on the giants that's catching baseballs tonight named Chadwick Trump. I, I don't know that person. He's 2K on DK, just throwing it out there. But uh, all right, just throwing it out there. Chadwick Trump, batting ninth. Uh, Grant, give me some tournament catchers because uh, maybe just play the sites. Like Sanchez is going to be popular in Fandle, but not as popular in DK because of salary constraints. And uh, Spend up, you know, to be different. Why not play Sanchez on DK in tournaments? Is, is uh, Grant with me? Am I talking to myself? Grant, Grant, Grant froze. Look at <laughs> I was the heavy odds on favorite pre-show the freeze first, Cardi. But uh, yeah, I guess he was gonna take his beverage. I saw him pouring something and maybe he might have had a mouth. I think he's trying to get out of the bet. I think that's what's happening. He doesn't want to have to pay up, and so he just he just bailed. Well, it was like a seagram flavored like raspberry. So I don't know what kind of concoction he had over there. It sounded terrible. Uh, um, we can just move on to first base. Hopefully we get to Grant jumping in catchers? here. I can talk GPP catchers, Dean. Oh, you okay? Yeah, I mean, fire away. I mean, you should be playing, obviously, like catchers that are working with your stacks because everyone else is pretty terrible. If you're stacking Yankees, go with Sanchez. I think the Yankees will probably be overowned at their prices and whatnot. Um, but like Austin Hedges, we talked, we kind of alluded to a Padre stack, like play Austin Hedges. I'm going to talk about how much I like a Pittsburgh stack, play Jacob Stallings, um, Grayson Grenier as part of the Tiger stack. I'm sure Grant will get on board with that. Um, but uh, I love yep. the Tiger so, so Grenier is part of your Tiger stack. Those are your... Those are your GPP catchers, I think. Are you bidding on an auction on a reality show, Grant, or are you back on our show? I'm back. I, the, Zoom just crashed. So <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. It just all of a sudden shut down. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. And now I'm back. Quickly, um, give me your favorite uh, catcher or two for tournaments. Gary uh, Sanchez, Salvador Perez, or Greener. Uh, Nola, if you really want to go off the board, he's going to be heavily owned, and he's one guy with pop versus lefties is, I guess, my favorite catcher outside of just throwing in your stack. All right. Uh, knock out some first basemen. And, again, Grant, this is – I think it's sort of site-dependent, depending on where you're shopping. On DK, uh, I think, you know, the one that makes most sense economically is probably CJ Corona, 3.2K. Of course, you can spend all the way up. 
uh, on a Muncie, sure, why not? You can do Alonzo as well, too. Plenty of pop versus Eovaldi. Uh, where are you landing, Grant, as far as first? Uh, so, Crone is by far my favorite just based on price, followed by McBroom just based on price. Like, those are the price-dependent ones where you just want to go with to save some money if you're going to pay up. But um, over on DK, you can go with Otani. Uh, he's probably one of the top plays if you're not even including price in there at all. Alonzo, another guy. Like, if you're spending up, Alonzo, Otani, Muncie, like, are all great plays on this slate. Um, Sano, like, another guy that you can pay up for. Cabrera, no one's going to use. I don't. I know you don't get a ton of upside, but he's saying they're – 3k and if you're not throwing Cronin to your uh, Detroit stack then you can be pretty different by just throwing in Cabrera um outside of them probably smoke but I mean the the obvious guys are obvious for a reason it's Cronin it's McBroom just for the price savings Cardi yeah Cronin Cronin is the clear uh the clear cash guy McBroom is fine at 2k but he's not a good hitter Cronin is a good hitter that is severely underpriced Duffy has the wide platoon split um for me save money elsewhere and pay up a little more for Crone. Uh, you know, GPP wise, you know, uh, I mean, Otani, I love today. I was considering him as more of an outfielder, but if you want to slot him in at first base um, and then, you know, in your GPPs, you know, do other things with your outfield. Like that's, that's fine. This is a really good spot for a guy like Otani. It's a, it's the worst pitcher on the slate that isn't Wojciechowski and maybe he's <laughs> even worse. But Dunn is not good, and he allows a ton of stolen bases. So Otani could steal a base. He could hit a home run. Uh, he's great. Uh, Kyle Tucker is really interesting. Another guy that I was considering more in the outfield, but you can play him at first, too, if you want to be different or weird. Uh, he's leading off for the Astros tonight. He's got really good power. Yeah, he's facing a good pitcher in May. Um, I don't love the Astros tonight, but the price is right for a leadoff guy with power like that. So I think he's, uh, I think he's very interesting. And then Lomo at two eight. If you just want to be weird and different, um, you know he's really underpriced. And and if people wind up playing Musgrove because he's so cheap, um, you know maybe you get a little leverage there. Let's talk about this uh, Dodgers Astros game for a second, Cardi. Ten is the total. Uh, Christian Javier. We didn't talk about in the pitching section. He really wants to pick on the Dodgers. So on this slate, there's a big opportunity cost. But like if you look at his minor league numbers, and it was against the most double A guys, thirty nine percent K rate, monster K rate. Uh, he also was really, really wild. So, and he gave up very, very few homers. Again, this was against Double A guys. He's facing one of the best lineups in all of baseball, arguably. Uh, do you like just the Dodgers in general? And of course, the Astros are stacked too. Plenty of talent there. You talk about Tucker against May, who's you know another solid prospect. He's shown some promise for sure. What's your general take in this game? The game really doesn't exist. For me, I guess today, with the exception of a couple players, like I'm not looking to attack it. I'm not looking to play with with pitchers. It's two good offenses. It's two pretty good pitchers. It kind of just winds up in the middle somewhere in, in every regard because of it. It just kind of bounces out that way. Brett, you got to take on that game. It's fine. It's not great. I feel like that's what everybody thinks. And I, like, why can't Christian Javier go out there? And like have like four or five walks in the first inning or two. We might see some shenanigans based off what happened yesterday for what it's worth as far as relievers. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think they, they gave a really, really harsh penalty to Kelly because they just want to stop it, especially with the thing against the Astros. Like 13% of the season being suspended for, for sticking out your tongue and throwing the ball at somebody and calling a name. Like that seems fairly harsh. Whatever. It's probably it's probably going to get a, appealed down to a couple other games. But uh, maybe other – I know you talked about that, uh, Cardi, opening day, maybe potential shenanigans with uh, with the Astros and – we might see it once again, some retaliation. And 
I don't know, man. I just think this game's going to be mostly ignored with uh, you guys both are like, yeah, it's kind of sort of fine. It's happening, but not really. It's in a forest, I suppose. And uh, there's some really big boppers in this game that will be mostly neglected. Uh, anything else at first you want to talk about here, Grant, or shall we talk about the keystone position second base? Let's move on to second, and there's uh, at oh, second base. Can, can, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. It got postponed. Is that real? What happened? Someone in the chat just said the Yankees game got postponed. Is that oh, actually no. happening? Unregister everything. Is that? Uh, let's go ahead and check that out because I got to get confirmation on it. One of you guys jump on Twitter. Again, I can only open so many pages. My pages are limited. I'm on uh, Twitter. I don't my see video feed, anymore. and you're also listening to something else too, it sounds like. But my video feed is apparently behind. It's, it's, it sounds like uh, my words are coming out of my mouth at a different speed than the video. I think it's fake. I don't see anything about it being postponed, at least right now. Unless... We're getting trolled in chat is what you're saying. Could yeah. Be. Uh, Yankee, again, talk about tail two sites. Mike Ford is 5-3 on DK. 5-3 for Mike Ford. I think he's 2-2 two, two on Fandle. There you go. Uh, second base, keystone position. Who wants it? Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to go at second base. There's a lot of good plays. Glaber Torres is the top one. You can also play him at short, but he's a guy that should, I think, be a priority in cash games for you because the Yankees are, assuming they're playing, are the clear top <laughs> offense tonight, and, and he's really good and plays middle infield. Um, Jonathan Scope, though, is, is a guy, especially if you're spending a little more on pitching, is a guy that makes a lot of sense in cash games for the same reasons Crone does. He's hitting second. Duffy has the wide split. It's a big park downgrade for Duffy. I think he's great. Um, with Merrifield, obviously, with Kansas City, I kind of think you're you're fading Kansas City in GPPs, and he's a little too pricey for cash games, so I'm kind of not really on him, but I think we got to mention him. And then the guy that I think is kind of sneaky is Colton Wong against Rich Hill. We mentioned Hill has kind of those reverse splits, so lefty-lefty isn't bad. Wong is leading off. Hill is a guy who allows a lot of stolen bases, so Wong could steal the base. It's a park upgrade for him. Uh, he's 3.5K, so he's cheap. He's the guy that I think is the sneaky second base play today. Yeah, the mouthwash there, Jonathan Scope, two, uh, batting second tonight, 3.3K on DK. Feels like a really, really strong cash game play, especially if you're spending up on pitchers. Uh, did you get any clarity as far as that Yankee game, Grant? And give me some second baseman. I, I, I saw nothing for it, um, okay. I'm assuming. So I'm assuming that was just someone being being a D in the in the whatever it's called um but yeah second base like it's scope being the top option on the entire slate uh he's going to be heavily owned but i don't care i'm still using him torres probably right behind him hira mayhew muncie probably the guys after them i don't mind that long call the problem is rich hill gets a ton of ground balls to lefties like he has a reverse splits guy but that's mostly referring to his upside and they have high amount of strikeouts but he's actually better uh, versus lefties than he is versus righties in terms of run suppression. So it, it's more for fantasy that I look at the reverse splits, but for actual use of the guy, like I don't really have much interest in Colton Wong there. Um, outside of them, like, I don't know, maybe Lestella is cheap, but I'd just rather go scope. There's not really a ton of guys I'm looking at uh, too heavily. Uh, Wit, I guess, where I mentioned. Lau, not the worst idea in the world, but like – High price guys and scope are the way to go. All right. Note here in chat from our producer, Devin. He says he sees the note, but apparently it's for the Philadelphia New York game, not the New York Baltimore game. Maybe that's just an old note. So the one that got postponed like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was like freaking. Sir, I was like two days ago. <laughs> uh, this, we live in the, this is daily fantasy sports, which means we care about today, not tomorrow, not yesterday. Uh, hot corner, third base. Cardi, open it up for us. I mean, the guy that I think everyone's going to have. 
um, is uh, is Michael Franco because, I mean, despite everyone owning the Royals yesterday, all their prices went down again today. He's the minimum. Don't, I don't understand that. I don't I understand don't, Franco's price at all. Like they have to sharpen it up, but he's two K. He's hitting cleanup against Boyd. He's your cash play. Don't overthink it. Like he's he's your guy. Uh, by the way, I do want to mention Crunch Time's following us for premium members tomorrow for basketball. It's basketball season, Grant. Now you're excited, Cardi. How much you're having care or not? Basketball starts up again tomorrow. I'm super excited. It's a two gamer uh, with New Orleans uh, versus Utah. The first game in the Battle of Los Angeles is the second game. That is free for everybody uh, for Crunch Time. Uh, check your local listings. I want to say it's about a half hour, 45 minutes or so before the first game because it's a doubleheader. Uh, yeah, check that out. Of course, Crunch Time follows us for premium members. You'll get a weather report as far as Roth and. Uh, I believe it's cheese, cards, and uh, some combination of that, maybe maybe Tuttle. Two of those three guys, but definitely Roth for sure. Your thoughts as far as tournament plays at third base, Grant? Uh, tournament plays, and this isn't really a tournament play, but Josh Donaldson is probably the second best play yeah. on the slate. Um, but Candelaria, you know me, I love the Detroit stack, so he's a guy that I'm definitely throwing in there. Machado, Cardi's starting to talk me onto a little bit more uh, a San Diego stack here, so... Machado, definitely a guy that's in play. McNeil, a guy that's definitely in play going up against Evaldi with a platoon split. Um, if you want to go deep field tournaments, Devers going up against DeGrom, get a little bit of leverage there. Uh, Yandy Diaz is 3.9K. It's not a terrible idea. Ursula uh, going up against Woj can easily take one out of the ballpark. Batting eight, they're only going to be 3% owned. So those are the guys that I'm probably looking at in tournaments. Uh, I love Machado as a one-off. Even if you're not stacking the Padres, like he's a great one-off play. And, uh, and Philip Evans is a fantastic play. I think Pirate Stacks are a really good uh, idea tonight. They're super cheap. Um, they let you do other really good things with your lineup. They're going to be low-owned. Evans is 2.2K, hitting second, and he's projected at 6% ownership, which even that might be high. Um, but he, he's a strong play today. Evans versus Franco. Evans is 2-2 on DK. Mikel Franco is 2K. Which do you prefer, Cardi? I prefer Franco. Like, Franco projects for – I don't know, about three quarters of a point more than Evans, but he also projects for like four times the ownership or five times the ownership. So in GPPs, it's clearly Evans. Let's jump back to shortstop. Cardi, set us up here. Uh, We talked about Glaber Torres at second base, but I think he probably fits better at shortstop. Um, I love Fernando Tatis as a GPP play, maybe even a cash game play. Um. You know, Alberto Mondesi, part of the Royals, he's definitely in your cash game mix. I think it looks like Jorge Polanco is going to be – oh, never mind. His ownership went down. He was projected for, like, really high ownership earlier. I like him, but I think right in that range, you know, Mondesi's a little cheaper. I think he's better. I think Paul DeYoung is a, is a sneaky-ish GPP guy. Um, but really, it's probably like Torres or Mondesi as your cash play. I hate to be like that he looks bad play, but I've been watching Monase and watching the Royals a good bit. He's looked terrible so far this season for what it's worth. But, yeah, uh, not freaking out. And there's a lot of bad small sample sizes out there. Acuna's looked terrible. Kristen Yelich has looked terrible. Even Trout has, like, eight or nine strikeouts so far this year, and he's looked bad outside of, like, one homer, one Trout missile. Uh, jump in here, Grant. Uh, but, oh, and just a callback uh, as far as Fandle specific on third base, uh, Jeff McNeil's, like, 2.8 or 2.9 over there. That's too cheap. That's pretty silly. Like him a good bit on Fandle. Uh, shortstop uh, Grant, what do you have for me? So I I like the Dijon call. Tatis is probably my favorite uh, on the board outside of Polanco, just because his price tag of three point eight k. Like it's it's just way too cheap. I know, I know. I was talking about uh, Ponce de Leon as a GBB play, but 
I mean, the Twins have a giant run total for a very specific reason, and it's that they score a lot of runs generally. Um, but Torres, Mondesi, just because of the price, Seager, Tatis. Um, one thing I am starting to like another GPP play or another GPP stack. I guess we can get to that in the stack portion of the show. I'm done. <laughs> nice segue. Uh, we got that. Got some outfielders, Grant. You want you want to start with that? A lot of outfielders playing baseball tonight. There are a lot of outfielders playing uh, outfield. So top two, very clear. Solaire, Nelson Cruz, both of them are way too cheap. Like, silly cheap. Brantley's a bit too cheap there at 3K. Um, Stan and Judge, if you need to pay up, are very, very uh, simple. Like, if you have the money, play them if you're stacking the Royals with them. Uh, Trout, another guy that's always on the board. McBroom, if you need the money. Nimmo, I like it. Uh, 3.5K. Upton, like any of the Angels out. I'm going to have a lot of Angels outfield stacks uh, with uh, some infield stacks of other teams. Um, but yeah, Yankees for the outfield, uh, Minnesota for the outfield, Kansas City for the outfield, like pretty much the same guys that you're using all your stacks. You're pretty much stacking up the outfield in most of the scenarios. I've been watching a lot of Royals and I've been watching Solaire as well. And he hits the bar hard every single time. And I was looking at his baseball savant, like his hard hit stuff. And he's hit a, uh, at least 95 miles, uh, at least, at least 95 miles per hour, every single ball, except for one. He's like seven of eight or like eight of nine or something like that. And he struck out like eight times too. So if he hits it, he hits it hard. Uh, very cheap on DK, Fandle, you know, a little bit more of a reasonable price. Uh, jump in here, Cardi, as far as some other outfielders you like. I mean, he kind of hit the main ones, especially for cash games. Um, Otani, I kind of mentioned at first, but I love him. I think he makes more sense as an outfielder. I think it's a really good spot for him. Trout in GPPs I think is great. Kyle Tucker I think is going to go a little overlooked. Um, but I think he is a very strong play today, especially at what's going to be lower ownership than guys like Solaire. Um, and then and then outfielders that, that work with your stacks. Yeah, uh, I'm not looking at the ownership stuff, but I, I, I feel, I mean, leave it to Jamino, leave it to the premium stuff. But I would just, I'm going to tell you, the Yankees are going to be much more heavily owned as far as Stanton and uh, as far as Judge, as opposed to guys like Yelich and guys like Acuna uh, and even Trout or Bellinger, uh, you know, and Betts as well. Just if you want to play the ownership game in tournaments, I have no problem with that at all. Uh, speaking of stacks, Grant, who are we stacking up today? Um, so my favorite stack on the board by far is the Tigers. Um, absolutely love them today. Going to be going super heavy on them. There's the Chalk ones and the Twins, the Yankees, and what's the other one? The Angels. Like Those are the obvious ones. Absolutely no problem with that. Um, but my top stack is Detroit, and my two off-the-board stacks are going to be the Padres, Thank you, Cardi, for talking me on to them. Now I'm just going to lose money because it's in San Francisco. And that is a myth, what you just said that last name. Um, <laughs> and then, like, this is a great GPP stack, uh, the Cardinals. Like, so they're going up against Rich Hill. What, what's the odds that Rich Hill ends up getting a blister in the first or second inning? 5%? Nah, probably higher than that. Let's be honest. <laughs> like, he probably won't start the game. If he's, I mean, I, I suppose it's possible it could spring up on him. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah. Is their bullpen terrible? It's uh, like, I think it's, it's, it's about average. It's good, but... actually. I could be wrong. I think Minnesota's got a good bullpen. But uh, anyways, continue mm-hmm. your thought. Yeah, I mean, part the, the, not very far into the season. They got 4.6 uh, XFIP. Um, but, yeah, like Ponce de Leon uh, – or not Ponce. The Cardinals, like, very small sa- – or very um, low ownership, very low prices. Like, with everyone going on the Royals, you just kind of go over to the Cardinals and – 
you can still fit up any pitcher you pretty much want by stacking them up. And there is some power, especially with O'Neill, with DeJong, with Goldschmidt, with Wong. Like I, I, yeah, I, I think um, it's a good GBP move to stack up the Cardinals at least once or twice in large field. My, my counter to that is you can get like really good lineups at, at low ownership too. Like you can get the Dodgers at low, fairly low ownership and the, the Astros at fairly low ownership. Is that would be my counter? But I, I hear you. I understand. Uh, give me a couple stacks here, Cardi. Yeah. So uh, so the bet has this new stack page where you can see like what every team's best stacks project at in terms of their raw points, in terms of their point per dollar. Um, it's really cool. There's a lot of really cheap stacks today, obviously, because DraftKings has everyone really cheap. But, like, I think if you really – obviously, the, the top stacks, the Yankees, the Royals, you know, I think the Cardinals are pretty solid. The Twins are good. But I think Padres are off the board. I like them quite a bit. And I think if you want to get really gross, if you want to do, like, the vomit stacks like Blender talks about, I think the Pittsburgh Pirates are a really strong stack today. I think they're cheap. Um, you know, you can do other things around them. It's not like you're expecting the Pirates to go out there and score 15 runs. But if they go out there and score eight and you have, you know, expensive Yankees bats mixed in with them with Garrett Cole or something like that, you can do a lot of good things. I don't even hate going with an Orioles stack with like DeGrom as your expensive pitcher as like extra leverage against Cole um, in a few of your lineups. But again, these aren't plays that aren't going to like work out every time but if you make a bunch of these over the course of a couple months a couple of them are going to hit pretty big and so uh i think stuff like that um i, I like it tonight i don't like how cardi's saying the crazy things now but just be careful cardi the crazy thing was saying vomit stack uh copyright laws are very big these days on twitter and dfs well, i, I credit uh, <laughs> expect expect somebody, a lawyer to be uh, approaching you shortly call them throw up stacks maybe but uh, we, we would love to answer some questions in the chat. Maybe we'll stick around and answer a couple of them actually in the actual chat here at YouTube. We do have to step aside and make way for crunch time. Before we do that, uh, each, uh, each one of you guys got to give me somebody that's going to break the slate, a pitcher, a batter. Give me something, Grant. You go first. Boyd. All right. Succinct, one syllable. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> See that and raise it there, uh, Cardi. I guess I'm going to go with Rich Hill because he's the guy that I like the most. I think that other people are not on as much. So uh, I think Rich Hill is a very, a very good play tonight. Fair enough. Uh, all right. He was Cardi. He was, Oh, Grant, we never get your drink. Knock it out. We got to go. Oh, yeah. You've oh, been nursing it the whole time. And we got to, no, I haven't, I haven't touched it yet. I was just oh, waiting for the phone geez. to go down. Unbelievable. Well, well we, oh, we this is about 20 seconds before we step aside and go. Can you doubt it quickly? Come on. Yeah. Well, cheers. Knock kids. it out. And I lost the video. I'm not sure if you guys can see us video or not. <laughs> it's gone. It was like a magic act. I don't know what just happened. But he was Cardi. He was Grant. Stay tuned for crunch time. Thank you to Devin for producing the show. We're out of here. Ho! Oh!